Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Let's get to it. First of all, into our Greta Global Street Food, Greta Bar Trivia, Eat, Drink, and Play at Greta. Who holds the Oilers' all-time regular season record for shutouts? It took six guesses before somebody got it back on the station on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, but the answer, Tommy Sallow. And there's something unique, and one day I'll ask a trivia question about that. There's something unique about those 23 shoutouts that he had as a goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, also, a shout-out at this time to Colin Ruddle from Wow Factor Desserts. Uh, Colin uh, always uh, is very kind and drops off some product, and uh, many have suggested I'm probably the last guy that could use it. But uh, Colin's a great guy, big uh, Oilers fan. He used to work on John Short back in, uh, John Short's show back in the day. Uh, really knows the sports, and uh, thanks again uh, to Colin and the folks at Wow Factor Desserts. Without uh, further ado, we go to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates, 24-7 service and repairs. Hello, John. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. How are you? Good. Looks like we're going to play. I told you that. you got to believe me. you got to trust me, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Now I'm oh, now I'm not sure where everybody's going to play yet. But yes. it certainly looks like uh, it certainly looks like things are pointed in the right direction. And whether San Jose's uh, who don't have a home game at least for the first three weeks of the schedule, or Vancouver, or or other Canadian teams uh, won't be able to play at home. That that's uh, that's yet to be seen. All right. Well, and I'm going to circle back, and we'll credit the source. Uh, and I know you've referenced this in the past as well, but Darren Drager two hours ago said that the NHL could have an answer uh, from the five provinces involved in the league discussions later today. Sources say provincial reps met on Monday uh, and again this morning they're expected to respond to the NHL, NHLPA as a group, which is viewed as encouraging by some clubs. Uh I found that interesting because some people had suggested to me that, you know, the respective teams might have better success dealing with the provincial governor bodies on an individual basis. And now it looks like the province's health uh, offices have sort of pooled together to work their way through, uh, through this. Do you think that's encouraging, as some are suggesting that are tied to some clubs that the five provincial governing bodies are working together and they've been at this uh, Monday and again today? 
encouraging that uh, the federal government is helping out the five provinces. Uh, and I also think uh, uh, what I, I, I what I think is that they 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 don't want one province to look bad. They don't want one province to look wrong and the others can go ahead. So I, I think the fact they're trying to create a uniform policy uh, can only be viewed as encouraging. Um, but it, you know what? It's Let's just wait and see. I, all, I, all I remember is that, you know, the city of Toronto and the province of Ontario both agreed that the Toronto Blue Jays could play at home and then the federal government put the kibosh on it. Um, so from that perspective, to make sure that the, the cities, the provinces, and the federal government are all on the same page uh, can only help things. So dialogue is good at this point, and hopefully we will know something uh, before Friday. Well, we know how the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to get underneath the salary cap. Uh, Joe Smith tweets out two minutes ago from The Athletic out of uh, Tampa. You know he does excellent work, John. Tampa Bay Lightning GM Julian Brisois said Nikita Kucherov will have hip surgery. He will not play during the regular season. So well, there you go. And that means there's a very good chance that Anthony Sorelli will get signed uh, yes. when you when you know that uh, he's uh, he was a vital cog in their Stanley Cup championship win in Edmonton. So from that perspective... Uh, uh, that's a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, Joe Smith, who covers the Lightning for the Athletic, he's been the number one beat writer down in that market for the last four or five years. Tampa Bay GM Julian Brisebois said Nikita Kucherov will have hip surgery. He will not play during the regular season. I, I have to be honest with you, John. I was a little bit surprised. Uh, we had Hart Levine on yesterday from Puckpedia, who really knows the numbers. I was surprised there wasn't more wiggle room, given the pandemic, with the cap. And I mean that. I thought there might have been a couple mechanisms in place that would would have provided NHL organizations with a little bit more latitude because we are dealing, but they they kind of kept it uh, pretty tight. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, you know, the ship kind of sailed on compliance buyouts. You kind of have to do that prior to free agency. Like could could you give a team another uh, freebie buyout that doesn't count against your salary cap? You just play the player out. Now that said, John, as you know, there's a lot of teams that aren't, aren't in a financial position to do that right now but I, I was a little bit surprised there wasn't more latitude what about you no um i, I wasn't because uh, th- these are some of the things that i believe that the nhl wanted uh, to talk to the players association about uh, a month ago um and and the fact that uh, there wasn't near um uh, the allowance by by the players association to the league i think changed a lot it, you know there was there was actually one proposal um made by the players association that the cap be increased by a million dollars uh which would have given the teams a little bit of latitude but the league declined on that uh when they decided to live live and die with the mou as it was made in june so i i think at a certain point uh what uh, gary bettman and bill daly decided was hey listen we're going to live by the letter of the law and we're not going to be uh throwing anybody a bone and we're going to live with it and uh, so i didn't expect anything different than that other than making sure that all the teams 
had to be under or at 81.5 by the 13th of January. Our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, pay no overtime rates, 24-7 service and repairs. Legacy Heating and Cooling, wanting to wish you happy holidays. And Epstein's mother has texted us twice in one show. Can't ignore Epstein's mother. So no. i got to ask the question. Epstein's mother says, and I quote, uh, John Shannon was right. We were going to have a return to play. He knew all along. So, John... Answer me this, says Epstein's mother. Will Vancouver be playing in Vancouver? Well, um, I, I have my personal doubts that uh, whether they will or not, based on what we saw with the, 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 the health people in British Columbia during the summertime. Um, but again, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, with the discussions going on between the five provinces involved, Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, Alberta, and British Columbia, and the federal government, uh, there there is a, a possibility. The, the one thing I would say is that uh, the, the uh, health minister in, in, uh, in British Columbia said earlier that the, the request and the stipulations that the League and the Players Association put on the table this week were much different than what we, they saw uh, in the summertime, and I'm not sure that whether that was good or bad, Bob. That's the one thing. I, I, I do still have my doubts in British Columbia, but I think everybody else will come through, and that means the Canucks will just have to play at this point, early on in the season, have to play somewhere else with their home games. Uh, Al Strachan was effusive in his praise of your sheer brilliance as a uh, producer producer and executive producer for Hockey Night in Canada, so I'm going to get you to put on your uh, your TV hat here for a second. Chris Johnson tweeted out yesterday, while there's been allowance for each team's PR and social media staff, it doesn't sound like broadcasters will be permitted to travel on NHL star, uh, charters to start the season. Uh, I would be one of those broadcasters that normally travels. That's a tremendous privilege to do so. The question I have for you is how are they going to do a 56-game schedule? How would they break down the national to region television broadcasts in that scenario. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. In Canada, we know the national nights are Wednesdays, Saturdays, um, and one other night, whether it's Sunday or Monday. I, I, I'm hearing that there's a, there's a possibility that hometown hockey may move to Monday night this year, uh, which means Sunday night would be uh, a non-national night. So... In those situations, the, the, the non-national nights would be Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and either Sunday or Monday. And those would be regional nights, and those would be nights that would be on uh, the, the local rights holder. Hmm. Uh, Trent has texted the show to say, Bob, he's done some homework. Trent's a smart guy. Keeps an eye on this stuff. He says, Bob, the Canucks and the Oilers have seven home games slated for the same day. Uh, one in January, one in February, uh, four in March, one in April. Some of those are Saturdays or a holiday Monday. I think we know what Trent is saying there, uh, John, if the possibility exists that Vancouver ends up uh, playing their games in Edmonton. What do you think? 
I, 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 it's not unreasonable to think so, but let's also remember that during the summertime, without people in the building, uh, you know, Rogers Place held three games a day. So it, it, anything is possible when you when you put in place that there will be no fans in the building. Yeah, well, I guess that, that window absolutely. Uh, what did you think of Nashville signings the last couple of days? Getting Granlund and Eric Halla in two relatively inexpensive deals, John. Well, and you know that's that's what we've talked about all along, Bob. Is that once the announcement would come about what was going to happen with the return, uh, that there were going to be bargain basement discounts of players just getting desperate to make sure they have a place to play to prove themselves. And here's the thing: David Poyle is very familiar with both guys, understands what both both guys can bring, knows they're not breaking the bank with them. So, and 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 Nashville needs to get faster. There's no question about it. Nashville needs to get faster, and both guys bring speed to the game, in my mind, for, for what the Predators and John Hines are trying to do. John, we uh, we got to get Natalie Mickler on here for uh, a few moments because uh, the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation had a significant uh, donation uh, package out yesterday, so I want to get that on. I want to wish you the happiest of holidays, and we'll hook up next Wednesday, okay? Christmas, Bob. I hope that there isn't any coal in that stocking again this year. Oh, quit telling people how cheap I am. Let me tell you, <laughs> and that's and I've obviously been a bad boy because Santa wasn't bringing me much. So that tells you all you need to know right there. Take care, John. We'll chat next week. Okay, Bob. Absolutely. That is uh, John Shannon. Just before, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna bang off some texts. Uh... Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Yeah, thanks to Trent for that. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, if if no one's using the facilities such as the arenas, why can't they play there? Uh, well, I'm kind of, especially given the fact that they're being tested on a daily basis. I would tend to see it that year. Uh, this text comes in from Mark. He says, Bob, you're 19 years old. You lived in Alberta and you were drinking Coors Light. Was there a beer strike back then? That one comes to us from Mark. <laughs> uh, for about a 12 to 15 minute window, that was, uh, we've had this discussion with players from the 80s and there's no question they probably consumed more uh, alcohol back in those days than this generation does. And what used to happen is the players used to stay overnight in town. And so the story I relate to you is being a you know 20 with a couple of my 19-year-old buddies in school and minding our own business at a table and leaving a group alone. And, yeah, it was Coors Light. We didn't even have enough money to pay for them. I couldn't believe it uh, when the server pointed to who actually came through. It was awesome. All right, we are going to uh, switch focus right now, and we are pleased to be joined on the line by Natalie Minkler from the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. Hello, Natalie. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, Bob? Good. Happy holidays. Uh, didn't see you at the Christmas party this year because we didn't have one. 
I know. <laughs> it's next a tough year. T- next year. Yes, uh, always uh, focus on the positive. Now, you guys uh, had an announcement. Was it yesterday or late uh, Monday? And maybe you could just educate our listeners as to uh, uh, you know the contributions that went out uh, that pertain to the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. You bet. So yesterday, we actually announced that um, we were investing over $450,000 to local community groups in and around Edmonton and oil country, Um, you know, at a time when we've heard from so many organizations that the need is tremendous out there. um, You know, we were pleased to be able to make that announcement yesterday. Yeah, it's. I mean, these are, and we're seeing this. These are really uh, tough times, and people are challenged. And, and so, did this money come from online draws or from money that you guys had accumulated in the past? Uh, where, where, where does it come from? And then, who were some of the specific groups that ended up getting uh, some of the donations, Natalie? So the dollars that we were able to reinvest uh, as part of the distribution came from our most recent online 50-50, the, the REMAX online 50-50 that we held in the summertime. Uh, we were able to generate some uh, some dollars there. So our board of directors made the decision that this was the right time to the right groups. And so we were so pleased to be supporting uh Edmonton Federation of Community Leagues so that they can open up their outdoor rinks. There's 25 uh, specific community leagues in and around Edmonton. Uh, Hockey Alberta Foundation for their Every Kid, Every Community program. Kids Sport to help with hockey registrations. And another great organization called Free Play for Hockey who who really uh, do tremendous work in our community. So that all totaled uh, just over $450,000. Um, I, I, I got to ask you the question. Uh, I, I know uh, I saw a tweet last night from Terry O'Flynn involving uh, the World Juniors. Uh, you saw how it was, an, I mean, it was an incredible amount of people jumped aboard uh, on 50-50 during the course of the play-in series. Uh, are we going to see something maybe during the course of the regular season for the upcoming NHL season uh, that might be connected back to the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation? We're definitely working on it, and, uh, you know, we have every intent to offer that to Albertans who want to participate again. I think uh, what we demonstrated and what Albertans demonstrated is the art of the possibility with online 50-50. And there's so many organizations, charitable groups, that are running online 50-50. We see it right now with the World Juniors, and, uh, you know, we're... We're all getting creative, those of us who are in the fundraising world, on, uh, you know, generating some dollars and, uh, different ways and online 50 50 is definitely here to stay and i think exciting for people to participate in all right uh natalie uh we're just uh, this is our actual last live show before christmas but certainly you have an opportunity just to uh, uh communicate your feelings and, and thoughts to all the people that have supported the eocf over the course of the last several years at this uh, at this time Absolutely. And I, you know, I just, I just want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart for their, their belief in the Oilers Community Foundation, their um, participation in our online 50-50. You know, without them, without everyone, we wouldn't be able to do the work that we do. So thank you very much for your support of the things that we get involved with. Um, It uh, certainly goes a long way in helping us to redistribute funds back into our community at a time when we all need it desperately. So thanks so much. Natalie, great stuff. Thank you for your time. Happy holidays. 
Happy holidays to you too, Bob. Thanks. You bet. That's Natalie Minkler. It is 1.50 in Edmonton. We're going to take a one-minute timeout. Uh, we're going to get to this day in Oilers history. I'm going to bang off a couple texts, and then I'm going to leave, uh, you know, head into the holiday break with a song that is judged by many to be one of the most surreal songs in music history. Uh, you're listening to Oilers now. And welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Cody Jansen joining you. Uh, again, this will be our last live show before Christmas. Uh, we'll have a show coming up on the 29th. I believe that's the Tuesday. We'll have shows 29th, 30th, 31st next week, and obviously have more ongoing coverage of the NHL's return to play. As we head into this day in Oilers history, and back at the 630 Chad Studios to tell us about it is Cody Jansen. Well, three years ago today, the Oilers won their fourth straight game as Connor McDavid had a goal and an assist for two points, and Leon Draisaitl added two assists as the Oilers beat Montreal 4-1. The Oilers are 5-0-1 versus Montreal over the last three seasons, outscoring them 27-14. It's been a good matchup for the Oilers. If you can't get jacked up to play at the Bell Centre, uh, where, you know what? Just like hockey is, uh, it's like a religion. And I, and I know there's some people, ah, I don't ever compare sports. It means a lot to fans in oil country. Well, it's like that in Montreal as well. And the fans are knowledgeable. Just like the fans in oil country are knowledgeable. And the Oilers play great in that market. And they have for years. They've had one bad performance in about, well, I've done the games for 12 seasons. They've had one poor game in 12 years. I, ironically, it was Ben Scrivens who ended up getting, I think he, the Oilers lost 5 nothing or 5-1. Uh, it was a part of a terrible weekend in February of 20, was it 2016 or 2017? Uh, might have been 2016. David might have just returned for the Oilers at that stage. Uh, we will tell you, again, we have a best of Oilers now tomorrow. Uh, uh, Tuesday, Mark Spector joins us for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight. They've got uh, Thomas Stranson from The Athletic in Vancouver. Uh, Edmonton-born NHL defenseman spent 11 years in the league, retired yesterday from the Vegas Golden Knights, one of the toughest guys in the league, Derek England. I want to leave you with a song that paired a very uh, unique uh, couple of guys together. Uh, this is the Little Drummer Boy version with Bing Crosby and David Bowie for the Bing Crosby Christmas special in 1977. They They filmed this. And Bing ended up passing away uh, before the special was released. Uh, it is uh, it is a terrific version, considered by many to be one of the most surreal moments in music history. Happy holidays, everybody.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.